This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey, Mum, come and have a look at this. I've got something to show you. Oh, God, what do you want now, Arthur? Go on, read it out. Mummy's Boy with Arthur Hill, a brand new podcast starring Arthur Hill and his mother, Lisa. What the bloody hell is this? I've signed us up to do a podcast. See, this is the contract. Oh, Arthur. It's Mummy's Boy. Mummy's Boy is my new podcast where I head back home each week to catch up with my mum and help bring her into the 21st century. Listen to Mummy's Boy every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts. This is a crowd podcast. This episode is sponsored by E.T. Phone Home. It's Elliot Matthews. To be more like Elliot, go to patreon.com, search for Joe Marler Show and become an official sponsor today. Who are you? What do you do? We currently don't have a clue, but give us 40 minutes of your time, and we'll get along just fine on the Joe Marler Show. It's the Joe Marler Show. Hello, and welcome to our show. I'm Joe Marler, and this is Tom Fordyce. Jojo, I can see your face, and you're not on a computer. I can reach out and touch your knee, although I won't. What's that funny thing on the front of your knee? Just don't touch it, all right? It's nice to see you, but I don't want any too much touching, because we've still got to be very... Sani- Let me just sanitise my hands whilst we're doing that, actually. Have a squirt. Thank you. Joe, we should explain, um, for people who have joined us during the Lion series, and what a thriller it was, that we're back to normal, and we're both really excited yeah i've i have enjoyed doing the rugby stuff and you know putting on the line specials and stuff and hearing from different voices in the rugby world but this is what we love we love meeting random ordinary extraordinary people and hearing all about their jobs and that's what i want to do again please so thank you for the little break the little rugby day job break but we're back into it i love it because, Joe, we believe that everyone is interesting if you ask the right questions. Stop putting on that silly voice. <laughs> I can't say that everyone is interesting if you ask the right questions without doing a silly voice. I just feel a bit self-conscious. Do you know what I mean? No, I don't right, know If I mean. try and say it, like, it's part of a conversation. Yeah, Joe, because we believe that everyone's interesting if you ask the right questions, don't we? Oh, that's so cheesy, the way you said it. You should put on a silly voice Thanks, for that Joe. instead. <laughs> Do you know what we've got today? Coming up next. Go on, hit me. An attendant of flight. A flight attendant. Someone, a trolley dolly, but they're not a trolley dolly. You're allowed to call an them a trolley dolly. But it's not an air hostess, it's an air host. Trolley dolly definitely can't call someone a trolley dolly. Unless, of course, it's a toy that is a dolly. With? With a trolley that's pushing. So, but I don't know why you'd be talking to that toy anyway. There's a snake in my boot. There's a snake in my boot. <laughs> Fuck, we have been away from this for a long time. <laughs> Do you like flying, Joe? I never used to. I used to worry about it a lot. And a te- an old teammate of mine, Johnny May, was also the same. Like, really frightful. Like, the whole thing, like, just holding onto it and shaking thingy. But I couldn't work out whether he's putting on a little bit. He's got strange beliefs, though, hasn't he, Johnny May? Yeah, so that's why it was probably more believable that he didn't like it. But as I've gotten a bit older, I've gone... Well, if we crash, we crash. There's not a lot I can do about it. So why waste my time worrying about the possibility of it happening and just go, I'm going to sit here, enjoy the in-flight entertainment and buckle up. Window seat or aisle? Oh, window, actually. I Even though I probably would need to stretch out a little bit more and a bit more, I quite like being confined in like a comfy space. Question two, rear of plane or front of plane? There's certain words that trigger me. <laughs> certain words. <Ooh>. The rear. <laughs> I think that's probably the end of my quick <laughs> run out of quick Just fire. Just two, was it? Yeah. Okay. Should we get the guest on? Uh, yeah, I was going to do a quick fire for you. But Go. 
Okay. Question one. Mm, here we go. Economy or first class? Well, I mean, I would love to, but never have economy. Have you never done first class? No, how am I going to afford first class? Well, you worked at the BBC for 15 years. Economy, every single flight. Olympics, Rugby World Cup 2011, New Zealand, economy all the way. Oof. I know. Have you ever, I think it was with Etihad Airways, mm. um, we, me and Daisy had flown out to somewhere, I can't remember, maybe Abu Dhabi or somewhere, and on the way back, you had an option to, you could bid for an upgrade, like an you auction. You could bid on like eBay? Yeah, a bit like that. You could say, oh, I'll pay an extra 200 quid to upgrade to business, thanks. And we won it. Well, I didn't, we didn't win it because I had to pay like 300 quid. <laughs> <laughs> That's not actually any good. <laughs> was that your opening bid or did you have to outbid someone? No, that was my. I said that's my max. So maybe I should have got in lower. Aren't you then, meant to go in lower? I don't know. You just start with your max. Get a guest on now, immediately. <laughs> Our guest today is a flight attendant. Hello, Damien. Hello. <laughs> Damien, we're not actually allowed to use your real name, so we've somehow chosen the child from The Omen as the best name for you. Okay, yeah. And right. Damien, Joe, flies with Marla Airlines, is that correct? We'll go with Marla Airlines today. I always thought I'd say air hostess. I have been called that many times in in my life. But it's not, it's flight attendant. Flight attendant, cabin crew, um, and then you have, you can either have uh, a purser. So what does a purser do? Because a purser often gets mentioned, Joe, don't they? No, the I've never heard of a purser, someone who nicks purses. <laughs> a purser? Yeah, that's... Are you saying it right? Yes. <laughs> do you mean bursa? No. Because <laughs> a bursa, I think, is uh, a sack of fluid. On a joint... Is it? Or it's someone that provides money for someone who at a school, like a private school, to go to a school, isn't it? So you're not saying bursa? I'm not saying bursa. So go with purser. What's going a purser? Go with purser. Purser is the person that's in charge on board uh, an aircraft. The uh, captain? No, no, of the cabin crew team. Oh, OK. So they're the, they're the boss. So they're called pursers? They used to be called pursers. There's now some different terms for them. There's uh, in-charge cabin crew. Uh, pursers ca- better than that. In-charge cabin crew. Yeah. That is the shittest term. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, 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 what's your job? Well, I'm a flight attendant. Oh, just a flight attendant. No, actually, I'm in-charge cabin crew. It's not yeah. even a sentence. Yeah. Well, they like they, they like to uh, to change them. For you, so it's ICCM. Ooh, that's, that's better. better. Yeah. Yeah. Are the flight attendants better looking the higher the class you go? Because, mm. Damien, you clearly work in first class. Let me say that, first good. of all. Yeah? Oh. Good from you. Oh, really smooth. Good. Smooth. <laughs> too. Like so you've, you've gone with a really shit dad joke at yeah. the start. He's yeah. strong. He's an ex- this <laughs> strong, guy. Strong game. This guy. <laughs> yes, I, I've, I've worked first class in my time. Yeah. Are you? Do you work your way up to first class or the different things? Yeah, it used to be you'd have to like work for a good number of years before you were invited to take part in training for business class, and then you'd work that for a number of years, and then you'd be invited to do some training to work in first class. Why would you have to do... The person is still a person. Why do you have to be trained to talk to... What, what's the difference in the training between economy and business and first? Uh, economy, you're basically thrown at them. <laughs> <laughs> and then first class, it's all lots of bowing and scraping and say, yes, sir. And you have to know all your different wines, what pairs with certain foods, different services like silver service, laying up tables, where the, you know which fork goes where, because it's all proper silverware, uh, proper terminology to use for like lords, ladies, you know, royalty. Wow. Stuff like that, yeah. Have you got a special announcement voice? Can we hear it? Well, I usually give the crew a choice of two. They can either... <laughs> oh, wow. They can yes. either have... Love this. Uh, hello, good morning, and welcome to BBC Radio 4. <laughs> or, <laughs> or they can have... Good morning. Welcome to local radio. <laughs> I fucking love both of them. I would, I would insist if I was your crew, I would insist that you do half and half. So you like really confuse them. Um, good morning, everybody. I hope you're sitting comfortably and the flight's going really well. And uh, food is just about to be brought out, so please, please be ready. <laughs> 
Do you use the same voice or the same range of voices for the emergency exits chat? Well, that's a good one, because when you're doing the emergency uh, announcements, basically you're stood at the back of the plane looking up the, the aisle and all the crew are stood there looking at you. So what oh, you're yeah. trying, what you're really trying to do is make them break and make <laughs> them laugh. So you either go really quickly <laughs> so that they have to you know, <laughs> chuck on the life jacket, do it up, and then point out the exits really quickly, or you, you change it up, you start quick, go slow... <laughs> Put on a different accent. Uh, <laughs> I flew. I flew with this girl once, and she was very well spoken. And she, she was like, oh, "Are you going to do the emergency announcements?" She's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do those. I'll do those for you." And uh, we, we stood there wait, waiting, got my safety card up, and all of a sudden, the broadish Welsh accent. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> uh, I was just like this, hiding behind my safety card, my crying. shoulders going, crying with laughter. Crying behind. And of course, it. none of the passengers know that she's not Welsh. They just think that's normal. So until she breaks, she yeah. comes around with the food and she says, "Hello, darling. What Hello, would you like you. today? Yeah. What the fuck is going on with your voice? Like, uh, uh, love, what do you want for your dinner today? Then you're having a red wine with it." Uh, do you get fucked off when no one listens? Oh, yeah. Because I'll be honest, like, when you sit on a flight, when I go away with the team and stuff like that, I'll sit there with my headphones on and I'll, I'll crack on with the Netflix straight away because it takes a while. And then I, I get worried because there's judgment. There's definitely judgment eyes coming from the cabin crew. Like, would you just listen to this, please? This is important. If yeah. we crash, <laughs> you need to actually know what to do. But my mindset is, if we crash, we're fucked. So why do I need to know what to do? Do you know what I mean? Like, I'll be fucked. Let me just enjoy Handmaid's Tale. You know, I need to squeeze it in. It's only a two-hour flight. I want to get a couple of episodes in, I'm sorry. But do you actually get really fucked off? Yeah, you stood there. You're you're looking at people and you're like, you're not going to watch. You're not going to (laughs) watch. Fuck you. Brilliant. So there is that judgment going. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And if someone's watching really intently, they like during the service, you're extra nice to that person. Are you? It's like, like, that's the one thing I've got to do that's important. There you go. (laughs) Pay attention to me. That's what we've got to do. Next time we're like... Yeah, just I mind you. What if it goes the other way and we eyeball the fuck Too out of you? Too much, and you're like, you oh my god. Yeah, then you're He's making me feel really. Then you're creepy. back in the galley, going that, that guy, <laughs> that guy in three F. Look out for him. He looks really weird. <laughs> <laughs> what voice would you go for, Joe? I'd look at everyone that wasn't listening. Yeah. So to pick, and then I'd drop something in, like maybe a meow. To sit to then go like oh you oh you are listening nice. yeah. do you know what I mean to to make him go so please um, make sure you look after your air mask for yourself before you sort of some of them fucking sat to the left of you and then you see how many people pick up like did he yeah. just say fucking yeah. don't sort out anyone be put, a selfish prick put your own oxygen mask on before those fucking kids <laughs> <laughs> that is something that we do sometimes you know you'll have a challenge and you go um it's usually called Captain's Banana. Ah. So you challenge either the, the crew that's doing the announcements or obviously the, yeah, the flight crew. They have to slip a certain word <laughs> into their announcements. So, yeah, sometimes it's banana or sausage or... <laughs> yeah, so, so, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're cruising at 35,000 feet. If you look to your left, you'll see the banana island of... <laughs> <laughs> And, and, and no one notices. Because no they're not fucking noticed. listening, because no. we're watching Handmaid's Tower, exactly. and you're actually interrupted it. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. I saw something. Where was it? Did it come up? It was. Did My phone did that really weird thing where it's obviously been listening to me talk about flight attendants or something, and a video came up of this woman who was revealing some secrets about flight attendants. And I was like, what? And it, I didn't watch it all, because I think it was about four o'clock this morning. Um, what's an APB? Oh. That when you when you're coming on, the flight attendants stand at the door, and you think, oh, they're greeting you and being polite, and uh, which they are, but they're doing some sort of APB where you're looking your up yeah, and down or something. Uh, I was like, what? Yeah, ABP. Oh, Able, ABP. Able-bodied passenger. Ah. So that is someone that's travelling on their own that speaks English 
or the language that you know the airline operates in um, and looks capable enough to assist you in the event of an emergency. Are you pointing at yourself? Big it's, time. it's a podcast and it's not filmed. <laughs> <laughs> so hang on, and you're looking at this person, what, because they could be, are they going to get a good seat in the emergency aisle or are they going to be someone you can call upon in an emergency? Yeah, someone you can call upon. So if you're in an emergency, you'll stand in the in the cabin and you'll give the, the passengers an emergency briefing and then you you find this person and you would ask them, you know, oh, hello, are you travelling on your own? Yes. Do you speak English? Yes. Would you be willing to help me? And no, they, I'm <laughs> fucking watching Handmaid's Tale, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so once you've finished your episode, yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah, fine. As long as it doesn't end on a cliffhanger. Good. Know, does, would <laughs> yeah. you? Um, yeah, and basically you, you take them to your seat um, and you show them how your harness opens and Whoa. how the door operates, what to expect when the door opens. How to fly the plane? No, not, not how to fly the plane. Um, would, you, would you be able to fly the plane in an emergency? Um, it, well, it's usually on autopilot, so... So that's a yes. You could have just said yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know um, how to switch the autopilot on and off. Yeah, I know where the buttons are. I've sat in the cockpit a few times. Yeah, there's lots of dials, and that affects speed and. Uh, are you belittling the job of a captain? You're saying that I, you... I would never do such a thing. <laughs> oh, it seems like there's a small bit of beef between the cabin crew and and the purser's and the captain. Do you like Joe? Because I'm sure you've been to the front of an airplane with your massively high profile. The number of switches on the ceiling, I always find that quite alluring. Like you put a switch in front of me, yeah, fine. Put it on the ceiling, much more fun. Why do they need 5,000 buttons or switches <laughs> for, for anything? We're in 2021. Surely they just need one or two, maybe. So take off. off no, three. Three, now I'm thinking about it. Take off, fly, <laughs> land. <laughs> this able-bodied, what they call able-bodied person? Able-bodied passenger, yeah. Able-bodied yeah. passenger. I'll be honest, I'd, I'd fancy that role, Joe. I'd fancy that role. I'd fancy myself for that role. What? what, what why? Do well, you like first of all? Do you like flying? Mm, I see it as a practical solution. I don't love it. I wouldn't deliberately go flying. But you, you feel you feel okay. I'm all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no panic, or you don't get oh with the takeoff. No, you're fine. Uh, are you fit? I hope so. I mean, you're pleasant to look at, but I'm talking about fit. Yeah, healthy. <laughs> are you healthy? Yes. Yeah. You're lightweight. What, what am I looking at? I'm putting you down for seventy-two kilos. Yeah, about that. Yeah. Genuine. Yeah, about 73. Oh, good joke. Very good. good. For me. And you, so there's no risk of you breaking the slide either. That you, I don't so wear you, high heels generally. Yeah, you'd so be that's good, good to go down there. You'd be a very good ABP. Thank you, Joe. Uh, Damien, what do you think? Definitely be someone that we would uh, we would be coming to. And you, Joe, as well. Oh, mm. Thank you. <laughs> what a team that would be, Joe. If we were the two ABPs, it would reminds... we be introduced to each other? <laughs> would we, like, could we form our team and start yeah. buddying up? <laughs> It reminds me of, uh, have you seen Bridesmaids? The film? Yes. You know, when, uh, oh, what's her name? She's on the flight and she's convinced that the guy she's sat next to is an air marshal. Yeah. She's like, you need to tell me if you're an air marshal. Like, it's just going on. And I love, I absolutely love the scene <laughs> when it turns out he is. Yeah. And she gets, I, I knew it! You're an air marshal! Yeah! And she goes running down. I love that. That's what I want to happen. Oh, sorry. I don't know why that is relevant. But I think we need to, I've got a little bit overexcited and I think we should have some ads in here now. Hey, how you doing? My name is Elroy Spoonface Powell, Spoon the Voice Guy. And I just want to tell you about a new podcast called Death of a Film Star. It's from the makers of Death of a Rock Star and it's really good. We've got episodes about Heath Ledger, Chadwick Boseman, Marilyn Monroe and Robin Williams. You've seen them tell incredible stories. So now it's time for us to tell theirs. Search for Death of a Film Star in your podcast app. Honestly, do it now. It'll be worth it. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. 
Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Beneath the veneer of the everyday lurks the realm of the spy. From Wondery, I'm Raza Jaffrey. This is The Spy Who, the podcast exploring true spy stories you were never meant to hear, with secret operatives playing to very different rules. We'll reveal the invisible work of the world's intelligence services, unearthing daring missions packed with danger, deceit, and double crosses. Follow The Spy Who wherever you listen to podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for flying Marla Airlines. Our official sponsors for this flight are He Sounds Like an Oxbridge College, it's Tristan Hall, Dan the Man, Hutt, Ollie Soundy, who rhymes with Alastair Boundy, Matt Gryffindor Griffiths, Cheeky Nibble, Stuart Kibble. <laughs> The Swindler, Joss Swindles, and Daniel on the Beers, Baker. So to be more like Tristan, Daniel, Josh, Stuart, Ollie, Matt, and David, go to patreon.com, search for Joe Marler Show, and grow the show. Those were the adverts which you will have realised because you've heard adverts before. Damien, I would like to know what happens on stopovers. Are they party central? In my youth, ah. <laughs> definitely. Um, yeah, it was a case of, you know, you get somewhere and it's like, right, where are we going? When we're meeting up, let's go out, party, party, party. Um, as I've got older, <laughs> I wouldn't say I've got wiser, but the uh, the body can't take it quite as well these days. So it's more of a cup of tea. Yeah. Feet up. Feet up. Bit of Netflix. Handmaid's Tale. Very popular. <laughs> um, rather than out partying it. How long usually is a stopover then? Or does it depend on? It really depends. You can, the minimum legal that you're allowed in a hotel, like key to key, they say. So from the moment you check in to the moment you check out is 10 hours. So, you know, you could, you could do a flight and then 10 hours in the hotel and come back. So there's not much time for partying there. But there oh, are I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you could go hard. Top three stopover cities? Oh, for partying? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Newcastle. Mm. That is not what I was <laughs> expecting New York, I'll be honest. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll go with Newcastle. If, if, you, if you just want to go out and get smashed. Good. Okay, Newcastle. <laughs> Newcastle. Newcastle's definitely on the list. Yep. Um, New York uh, is, a, is a great place to go. Um, anywhere in the Far East. Are you keeping your uniform on in this scenario, Joe? Are you putting civvies on? Depends how cool the uniform is. Talk me through the coolest uniforms that, that we've got. Well, I think you want to look good. You want to, you want to be in the Air Italia. Air Italia? Yeah. What's their setup? Describe their setup to us, please. Tailored. Oh, very, really? Very Italian. They always look smart. They're always, whenever you're in, in Italy and you, you pull up next to the Air Italia crew you always feel like dog shit because <laughs> you're getting off the plane and you know you've got your, your shirt on and your tie's a little bit askew you know your eyes are all a bit bloodshot and they come off you know like immaculate sunglasses on no matter the weather <laughs> jacket over the shoulder ciao ciao air kisses all over the place yeah they just they always look supreme so if they make you look like shit yeah or if they make so if they make you feel like shit, what ones make you feel great? So most most people in rugby tend to come and stand next to me when I've got my top off because it makes them feel <laughs> makes them feel wonderful about themselves. Even if they you know, if they've had a Domino's the night before or something, they're feeling a bit you know bloated. Yeah, they'll come see me in the change room and just stand next to me and be like, oh, I feel so much better standing next to you. <laughs> Who's that version of uniforms? Uh, well, if I'm going to be a complete airline snob... Then, you have to. Yeah. You have to, because we put you <laughs> on the spot, spot here. Tom <laughs> has got a, a gun um, <laughs> hidden in his... He's actually keistered. We haven't keistered in oh. a while, have we? No, it, I have keistered because I want to be an ABP, and yeah. I just thought firearms yeah. would be useful. He's a secret air marshal, but he's actually the ABP. Uh, it's up See? his aisle. Yeah. yeah. Right. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so your low cost airlines. Yeah, so like your EasyJets and your Ryanairs. You don't. You think. You think. Oh, You're like ugh. Look at them. Oh, oh. you nasty snob. <laughs> you nasty piece of work. You know, I actually quite like that orange. Oh, it's a bit. Would you go? Would you go the the bright orange of EasyJet or the glaring blue livery of Ryanair? I think blue. I've got blue eyes, so it might bring out my eyes. Mile High Club. Indeed, I have heard of such a thing. Oh, you've heard of it. Just heard of it. That's fine. <laughs> I think of it and I go, well, it's just the toilets, surely. Surely that it's just a discreet little... Right, I'm going to the toilet. You wink, I wink. Both end up in the toilet. How are they getting away with that? Surely you've seen some. No? Well, you're usually quite busy on a flight. So you're, you know, as crew, mm. you're you know, back and forth, back and forth. And the, you know, the toilets are usually by a galley. So unless you're sat there on your break while they do the deed mm. um, it's quite hard to monitor you know who's going in and out of the toilets um, I have seen a couple of people post shall we say uh, emerging from from the lavatoires in relaxed in relaxed a, body language well a little bit flushed mm. <laughs> how have you seen them how do you know that because they've both come out at the same they've time both come out yeah <laughs> And then do you ever go up to him and go, hiya, are you okay? Everything all right? Did, you, it, did someone come in to help you because you got stuck or? Just a, a, a knowing look uh, is usually enough and they, you know, they get very embarrassed and, okay. and off they toddle. But uh, I have had uh, some people trying to get a little bit frisky in situ in their seats. <gasps> Wanking off under a blanket. Well, they they hadn't got to that point yet. <laughs> they hadn't got. To, they did ask me for a blanket. Uh, ah, I'm glad you said ask me for a blanket. But there was a small pause that went, they did ask me to wank them off under the blanket. Fine. Well, I said that wasn't in the job description. Fine. Um, yes, but I I had to uh, politely decline. Uh, because no Hang one... Hang on, you refused the service of... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you politely declined wanking them off, that's fine. Yeah. But did you refuse the service of a blanket? I did. Because you, you had a funny feeling? Well, I didn't have a funny feeling. I knew exactly what they were <laughs> going to be doing, and I didn't want to pick that blanket up at the end of the flight. <laughs> Surely it would be better to have the blanket, though, than the seats and stuff well. like that. and I don't want to bring the tone of the show down. So, Tom, please lift it back up. I'm going to keep it exactly where it is, Joe, because <laughs> the thing I've wondered about the Mile High Club, Damien, is most flights that I go on, it's really obvious who's going to the toilet. Yeah. Um, and if you're unfortunate enough to be in that row of seats by the toilet, possibly the baby bassinet there, if two people <laughs> entered it and... Because they're not thick walls, are they? No. And also it's a very enclosed space. So th there must be a particular... I mean, there's certain options which it straight away ruled out by the physical parameters of the... <laughs> Joe, don't give me that face. You know what? No, no, exactly. I'm just... Usually when people are picturing stuff, they they look up, don't they? And I don't know why people look up to imagine stuff, but that's what I'm doing. I'm looking up, yeah. I'm just picturing a toilet, and I'm just picturing the different positions that would work and don't work, and... Well, there's a handy seat. You utilise the seat. Yeah, the you seat works the seat. well. You double-check the door's locked. Of course. Yeah. Would yeah. you? Um, unless, can they be a unless you want to get caught? They can. <gasps> unless you're that, mm. you know, which is fine. L leave it green. Oh, you caught. Sorry. Oh, yeah. stop it. Yeah. Lock. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? A little bit of frisky. <laughs> they are tiny, though. Would you utilise the mirror, Joe, or would you ignore the mirror? There's no way I'm looking at the mate. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, light, well, it's, it's strictly right light. Off. It's strictly, apparently, it's insistent lights off with me. <laughs> Yeah, not my call. But, but you can't turn the lights off because you've locked the door. And, and as you know, with airline toilets, as soon as you lock the door, that automatically puts the light on. Yeah, fair. So you've got a dilemma. Either you have sex with a light on or you have sex with an open door. Or you just put your foot up or, against the door. No, or the person who doesn't want to look at me puts those lovely free eye masks they get oh, on. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so that's the solution. It's a win-win, isn't it? I've just got to look at me and I'm like, oh, God. This is, ah! I'm I don't asked, care, I'm becoming I'm a member. On, earplugs in. <laughs> <laughs> if people wanted to, um, because this, you know, we're, we're open-minded on this podcast show, aren't we? Um, if they wanted to get away with it, Damien, is there any sort of 
tips or techniques that you could recommend? <laughs> are you are you frowning upon it, or are you kind of like look fair play for having having the guts to do it? Oh, and you, yeah. let, you, you know, you're not going play. up and telling them off. No, I have uh, I have observed people on their en route to the uh, to the lavatories <laughs> and have uh, discreetly looked the other way um, before, or taken myself off to the other end so I don't <laughs> have to uh, hear what's going on. Is it legal? Well, surely it depends. The, yeah, not does necessarily. Does the air have any laws? Yeah. There are laws that yeah, in the air. In the air, yeah. How can no one owns the air? Do they? Do they own the air? <laughs> we're subject to British law. But what if you're flying we're a British over British airline? Yeah. But if so you're, you're crossing the channel. Like, where's British air and where's French air? It doesn't matter what airspace you're in because you're because the air that's been enclosed in that <laughs> capsule is, is, is British. British. This is British and air, and that's just being <laughs> circulated. Yeah. This air is British. And when British. they open the door and the fresh air from the host country circulates French it's air. air yeah French air <laughs> oh, hello and welcome to- oh it would be Mandela Airline actually Mandela wouldn't it <laughs> hello welcome aboard Mandela Airlines <laughs> I am here to give you a united performance of how to apply your seatbelt <laughs> sit back Relax and let the good times roll. <laughs> I've just been informed you do a really good Michael Caine. Well, that's for other people to decide. But um, so, if you were to be the Michael Caine airline, um, yeah, that, that's come about because uh, I actually had him on a flight once. Yeah, yeah. Um, Surely you didn't go up to him and say, "Please, can you just do loads of these lines so that yeah, I can practice impressions?" A whole, a whole, impressions long, a whole long list of <laughs> sayings. Uh, no, he was he was lovely. But um, when you get on a flight, they bring you a, a long list, and it has the names of everyone that's on board, um, so that you know, you can check people off, and it has notations next to them if they require special assistance or anything like that. And obviously people have to travel under the name that's on their passport so um, i'm looking at oh uh, yeah i'm looking under the uh, at the list and one a morris micklewhite yeah which is his real name what <laughs> <laughs> michael kane yeah michael kane is not called michael kane no his name's morris micklewhite yeah morris micklewhite yep <laughs> That's his real name. So the surname is Micklewhite. And he changed that to Michael Caine. Do we know why? Do you know why the story of this is? Imagine why are you it. changing Morris Micklewhite? That is an incredible name. <laughs> you're Surely you're keeping that name. I imagine, Joe, when he was setting out to be an actor in the late 1950s, that Morris Micklewhite sounded a little bit sort of average. Whereas Michael Caine... Hello. Hello. So did you go? So when you were doing like the seatbelt uh, announcement and the emergency exits and like that, <laughs> these are the exits. And in in case of an emergency, I would appreciate it if you don't blow the bloody doors off. <laughs> I will be over to open them sufficiently. Yeah, uh, wasn't brave enough. Oh. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. I, I, Argued the toss about who t- who was going to serve him because obviously when there's you know, a celebrity on board, people are like, oh, I want to serve them, I want to serve them. So you know, I I, I won out on that one. So oh, uh, Mr. Kane, can, you, can I get you anything? Uh, yeah, I'll have a cup of tea, and if you've got one, a biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the room. That is very good. That is so good. good. That is so good. I would just, I would sit next to him. Yeah. I would just sit there and go, can you say that again for can me? You just, so, can you just talk? Biscuit. Can you say biscuit? Biscuit. biscuit. Just keep saying. No, a little bit more. Okay. Biscuit. Biscuit. <laughs> what has particularly impressed me about Damien's impression is that, Joe, when you and I do Michael Caine, we do a line from Michael Caine, but Damien just, has taken... He's him. He, he's him. He's taken something which we've never heard Michael Caine say, which is <laughs> cup of tea and a biscuit. Who's that then? <laughs> his brother. <laughs> Dave Caine. <Kane. laughs> Joe, should we talk um, overhead lockers? 
I wanted to talk, yeah, because I can tie this one in nicely, actually. Okay. Yeah, you go with your overhead locker question, and I'll go with now, go on, you do, do yours if it ties in. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, overhead lockers. How realistic is uh, snakes on a plane? Because <laughs> <laughs> watching that film, you know, I, don't, I don't mind snakes, but watching that film scared the fucking life out of me. Because these snakes were coming out of every single hole you can think of. Including, <laughs> wait for this segue. Here we go. Including the overhead lockers oh, that hadn't, smooth. by by the look of it, been packed appropriately. Mm. Is there a specific technique that means because you you go around at the end of it or just before we're about to take off? Yeah, and you're like, right, you have a little check and you slam, slam, slam. I'm like, fucking stop slamming! I'm watching the Handmaid's Tale here. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> slam, 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 and then you move it, adjust it. Is there a good technique that you've got? Or yeah, if you've if you've got one of those bags with the wheels, yeah. Put it in wheels first. Wheels first. Ah, yeah. Okay. Because uh, a lot of the lockers, the the front is curved, so that will curve around the the top of it, and okay. then f- you can fit more in. Mm-hmm. So, um, so of course, obviously, we make announcements about that all the time, which no one listens to. Um, so do actually, you actually? Yeah. Do you say that? <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell! All these yeah. years, I've never heard that on a plane. If yeah. you're putting your uh, your oversized suitcase, which probably should go in the hold, <laughs> into the overhead locker, please place it wheels first. You'll notice that the outer layer is slightly curved for this purpose. You very s- nice, you selfish pricks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> people get very angry about overhead lockers, Joe, don't they? Mm. So, people, let's say you get to your seat, Joe, and you already have had to make some really weird leaning back. Like you've had to lean back at a crazy angle because you're in the seat by the window, but you want to access the overhead locker. And your lean is made worse by the fact that you're balancing this heavy suitcase in your hand. So your spine is about to crack in many places. And then you find that someone who's not in your aisle of three has placed their bag in your overhead locker. Yeah, that... Fucking, oh my God, that really gets yeah. on my tits. It's not your overhead locker. <gasps> what? <laughs> Hang on. No, 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 stop. I'm not having it, because there has been times where it's been full. I've got to my chair, it is full. And I'm like, well, whose is that? And I've gone, whose is that? And they've heard. And someone like four rows ahead have got, oh, yeah, sorry, that's mine. Fucking put it above your one then. Because I've now got to go down to 36D... And put it down there, which is bad, because <laughs> when we land and we have to get off, I've then got to wait for everyone else. Yeah. Or what sometimes I do is I go down whilst they're coming down the other way. So oh. they're all coming to get off. And I'm bosh, like, no, fuck bosh, you. Bosh. No, oh. fuck you. And blame that person in row, <laughs> row seven because they've ruined it. So don't blame me just to make it even more yeah. awkward. So it's not... That doesn't belong to your seat. It's any locker space is usually, you know, especially on like short haul flights, they're rammed all the time. You basically towards the end of boarding, you're like, wherever your bag will go, just fucking put it there because I want to leave. <laughs> I've had enough of you idiots <laughs> standing around going, "There's no room in the overhead locker above my seat." It's like, well, turn around. There's one behind you. <laughs> no, I'm standing up. I'm standing up for the passenger here. Yeah. There, there should be specific slots actually that says belongs to 6A belongs to 7A like a peg yeah that makes sense and it would make everything more efficient rather than you get the big lummocks going down the opposite way when everyone's trying to get off to get his bag at 36 but then you wouldn't get half the bags on because half of them are oversized the bags got out of control surely oh yeah it's ridiculous it's going to sound weird, but the, the best period for hand baggage when we were flying was after 9-11. Because ah, golden, golden era. Man. Golden era. <laughs> one, because yeah. no one was flying. And secondly, because no one could bring anything on board. Lovely. Wow. <laughs> or if they wanted it, they were too scared to because yeah. they'd be accused of, well, what the fuck is in your bag? Yeah. Are you suggesting that there should be another thing to reduce the amount of bags? That come on a plane. I think it's a really bad suggestion to suggest a terrorist attack. (laughs) (laughs) Just so your job is easier. It's quite a radical solution. Yeah, it would make my life easier. (laughs) uh, I can see Steve in the corner of my eye just going, (laughs) (laughs) move on, move on. Get past the terrorists. (laughs) I want to talk about Malia or Magaluf Mm. because you tend to get a certain type of person, i.e. me, when I was 18, mm-hmm. going out there, 
with some mate. Oh, let's let's let. I wasn't let's. actually one of those like the let's let's let's. I was actually the part of the in between us crew. <laughs> so our four lads that we went out, we were just like the misfits, like hi. <laughs> Like, we weren't, like, jocks or the cool kids. We were just like, oh, this is our first holiday out together. <laughs> and we were like, oh, where are we going? And we went to, <laughs> we went to Malia. And, uh, you've, but you've got the same ilk of all the jocks and stuff from the stereotypes of the, of the film. What sort, how do you deal with those drunk, annoying, or have you ever had to deal with drunk, annoying passengers like that? Yeah, um, of the drunk annoying passengers <laughs> the one of the worst ones i've had to deal with is a couple of uh drunk russian sailors doomsday scenario that yeah uh, russian sailor with yeah. the vodka yeah vodka. give me vodka, vodka. No. you give me vodka all flight you give me vodka <laughs> like, you can have a coffee mate you give me vodka no coffee <laughs> coffee vodka yeah <laughs> vodka coffee yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you've got these two drunk Russian sailors that yeah. you're refusing to serve vodka, vodka to. to. You're yeah. offering coffee. coffee. Yeah, How's that going down? Uh, we're literally stuck in a loop of him just saying vodka <laughs> and me saying coffee. <laughs> and it ends up with me just going, listen, mate, I'm not giving you any more fucking vodka. Yeah. <laughs> vodka. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't help that he's got dried vomit all down the front mm. of him. As well. <laughs> I would not mind that my suitcase is not in the overhead locker. Yeah. Directly above my head, it's 36F. It's full of vodka. Go get, <laughs> go get vodka out of 36F for me then. <laughs> I cannot stand, I had too much vodka. vodka. Yeah. Oh, that must be quite scary though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially, you know, in, sometimes in situations like that, obviously, you know, a large makeup of the crew community is female. So sometimes you can find that yourself in that situation where you're the only guy mm. on the crew and all the girls are just going, going Damien, Damien, you, you deal with that. You deal with that. <laughs> right, gee, thanks, guys. <laughs> and you're like, no, no, you go deal with vodka. You go deal with vodka. Just vodka. give him the fucking vodka, would you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think we've overdone the vodka. <laughs> I can't help it. He says it's so good. He says it's so good, doesn't he? Let's move on to something more thing. I fart a lot <laughs> on a plane. I fart a lot. I yeah. tend to, and I, t- I think it's something to do with the pressure as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, you gases you in ga- your body Yeah, you expand. gas up more. Yeah. Do they? Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Because you're flying at, a, at an altitude. It, it, you know, you, even though you're at 35,000 feet, the, you know, the altitude's not that. It's about 10 to 12. So you know, you're... You are at atmosphere, so all the gases in your body expand, which right. is why you do fart. I thought it was the pretzels that it was. <laughs> <laughs> but I always find, yeah, more gassy. But where do they go? Because very rarely have I done a stinky fart on a plane. You're so true. Unless someone, like, uh, where does it go? It just gets recycled. Oh. So, so all the, when you're on that long haul flight, when you're on that long haul <laughs> flight, imagine you're yeah, out to the World Cup. All those farts. <laughs> it's just, of course, it's just recycled. Yeah. Surely there should. Oh my! There'll be a little vent somewhere. Yeah, there is, there, yeah we do t- intake some fresh air from outside. Yeah, but yeah, a, a lot of the air is recycled. So, yeah, you're smelling a lot of farts. Yeah, we. Um, well, but the, 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 the lucky thing is, I don't smell them though, because there's some how odourless. It doesn't matter how loud the fart is. There's something about the the resonance or the frequency of the engine that seems to effectively mask any fart, no matter how ferocious it is. It's actually quite freeing. Liberating, isn't you, it? Yeah, usually you in a public space, like if if we were here for yeah. now, like, I'd like, if I needed one, I'd probably be like, oh, God, try and Just pick a, little, a time, pick a mm, movement. Or a little lean. Sometimes yeah. when you go in, in public <laughs> cubicles in, in a toilet and you someone's next to you. Wait you, for the flush. Yeah, mm. you, but... And you're like, why? Why do we do that? Why are we, why are we so British? In oh, I'm going to wait for him to get up and start mm. making noise to then go. Why? Just because he's done the same or she's done. You, you're going to do the same. Just do that. Anyway. But there's something liberating where you're sat amongst all these people mm. and you just fart. fart in a way. And you're like, hi, yeah, yeah, sure. I'll have a pack of, pe- pack of peanuts. And they don't. They're none the wiser. It's, I don't know, it's well, really freeing. Not sure about none the wiser. Oh. Uh, uh, 
<laughs> I was doing the service once, and you know, we're stopped in the middle of the cabin. We've got a you know a long trolley there. And I'm serving away, and I'm like, oh, okay, I've got to reach that tray that's right at the other end of the cabin. So I, I bend down, and I reach in. I'm halfway in the trolley, and I just let one absolutely... <laughs> oh, you? <rip>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the loudest part, I think. I, I, can't, I can't help it. I'm crying with laughter. <laughs> the girl I'm working with is on the other side of the trolley. He's stuck her head in <laughs> and he's saying was that you was that you yes yes and then I come out my hands are shaking <laughs> and I the guy that I was just basically farted in his face <laughs> here you go sir here's your meal ridiculous <laughs> they're not always quiet <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask about meals, actually? Do you, as cabin crew, do you eat the same food as us or do you bring your own food because the cabin food is not very nice? Or in those magic slots where you're heating up the food that we get, is there like a special one where you get much nicer food? Definitely not much nicer food. But uh, it it's kind, of, kind of hits all three because uh, if you're working over a certain period, obviously you are provided with a meal. It's usually not that great. Um, so if there is any leftover food, usually we're eyeing up the business class or the first ah. class food. Um, food's one of those one of those battles you have between flight crew and cabin crew because obviously ah. you get some like flight crew that they they believe that they're entitled because of their position to oh, the first so class food. So there food. is a bit of beef. Knew it. <laughs> you could <laughs> sense it earlier. Mm. Yeah, okay. But then obviously because we're in charge of the food that might get squirreled away somewhere. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Captain, there was no, uh, you know, fillet steak left, I'm afraid. <laughs> and then you're down <laughs> the back of the aircraft. <laughs> yeah. Got some, uh, got some sloppy risotto for you, though, yeah. if you want it. Dried out risotto. You, it's been sat in the oven for three hours, yeah. If you don't like it, I've got a little bit of vodka for you as well. <laughs> Too much now. It's only done. <laughs> right, put your hands in the air. <laughs> you put your hands in the air as well oh my god uh, Damien we've got a live one here he's got a gun no I think we've got a hostage not, situation it's here it's not a gun he's got a finger that he's pretending is a gun correct Damien. this is a fucking hijack motherfuckers I'm taking over this plane with both my fingers and my guns that I've got in my pocket what are you going to do about it go whatever you want Oh, that was easy. Yeah. Well, uh, the, the the plane is mine because there's only three. It's a new plane. There's only three switches. Yeah. Um, so I can easily drive it. It's mine. Drive it. Drive it. Does <laughs> it not drive it? Do you not drive a plane? Fly you, it. Okay. You, shut your fucking face. You're under hostage situation here. So don't fucking back chat me like that. Do you get training for hostage situations? Yeah. Yeah, we do. Okay. Yeah, so. Um, it used to be when I very, very first started, it was basically whatever the hostage takers want, do it. Go along with whatever they say. Mm, interesting. Um, and then uh, every year we do a refresher course. We have to be relicensed by the CAA, the Civil Aviation Authority, um, to be legal to fly. And part of that is a safety and security briefing. And so I was on one of these courses when 9-11 happened so literally we were at lunch and the news was full of you know two planes flying into the twin towers and that afternoon we went to our security briefing which was about you know hostage situation and you know the, the guy training it was i don't know what to tell you now oh because <laughs> all the along game has changed yeah, yeah we've been telling you you know go along with whatever they say if they want access to the flight deck give it to them but now obviously you know that's that's a whole different ball game um since then there's been a lot of like new procedures come in so flight deck door is you know as soon as you push back off a stand that's locked um it's reinforced you have to either phone or some airlines have like a key card entry so you have to put in a specific code and then there's cameras as well so the flight crew can see who it is that's wanting to gain access to the flight deck so basically these days if you know you were to come up with your finger guns yep. and say 
game over, motherfucker. You know, yeah. we're taking this plane. That door would be locked. That would not be open. Couldn't do it. At, for any reason. Doesn't yeah. matter if, you know, you've got us up against the, the door with a gun to our heads. That, door, that door's not coming open there, getting on the ground to the, the nearest airport. That's good. It's really good that that's been put in place now. And whilst I'm on that, the reason I've taken this plane with my guns is because I'm sick and tired of believing that it's cheaper to have in-flight brochure equipment thrown at me. Like, yeah, buy this off us. It's cheaper. Buy these Ray-Bans. They're definitely cheaper than if you bought them on land. Because it's bullshit. Is it right? Am I right? Yeah. It's bullshit. Yeah. Is it bullshit? Well, you're trapped, aren't you? You're trapped on this plane. We're going to sell you some stuff. (laughs) And it's not... So you're pulling the wool over my eyes. (laughs) And we want you to buy it because we get commission on it <gasps> what <laughs> i knew there was a catch yeah what's the biggest markup uh joe let's let's give damien some standard items from the in-flight brochure um the m&ms thing where, it, where it's got like the little m&ms geezer with his hands yep. coming to the side. oh good fucking rip off oh okay well that's the last time i buy that fucking toy plane mm. oh yeah uh, on the stand yeah, yeah. what else is there there's some fags though Good, good, really, yeah, well, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, and and obviously we always buy those because we get a discount as well. But then you also get commission on that, so you yeah. win twice. <laughs> I'm, I want to be an air attendant. <laughs> what did we go go with, purser? I want to be a purser. I want to be a cabin fuck. Good <laughs> <laughs> uh, morning, ladies and gentlemen. I shall be your cabin fuck this morning. <laughs> I want to be the. I want to be the cabin boss. I'm the boss of this motherfucking cabin. <laughs> And on that on that note, I would like to thank you, Damien, not Damien, whoever the fuck you are, so much for coming on and telling us all about what it's like being a flight attendant. That's been my absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, mate. Joe, I'll level with you. I enjoyed Damien and his stories immensely. I just wish that whilst he was talking through that whole episode, I was drinking Vodka. <laughs> but he was great. Really enjoyed his stories and getting a little bit more insider knowledge, behind the scenes knowledge of what it's like to be a flight attendant, an air host, or perhaps a purser. Well, if you enjoyed that too and you want to support the show, search for Joe Marler's show on Patreon. If you would like another podcast to listen to, I would recommend We Didn't Start the Fire. Now, this is a history podcast that uses Billy Joel lyrics to try and explain why the world is as it is today. There are episodes on Richard Nixon, North Korea, Joseph Stalin and Marilyn Monroe. It's getting really very good reviews at the moment. So get involved. Search for We Didn't Start the Fire in your podcast app. Who is on our next episode, Tom? Weirdly, Joe, bearing in mind that I've just told people to search for We Didn't Start the Fire. Get this. It's a firefighter. It's not that weird. Steve wrote a script. Uh, We'll see you next time. Bye. Crowd Network. A place where you belong.